0: Hello and welcome to the Jill Cruz Podcast. This is Jill Cruz. Today I had the pleasure of speaking with Allison McQuinn and Allison is a practitioner of Heilkunst Medicine. Now you may have never heard of Heilkunst Medicine so uh, you have to listen to this episode to learn more but it is a very holistic approach to Health <laughs> and living a happy, holistic, healthy life. So, I'm not going to say much more because I don't want to ruin it. And and Allison explains it so much better than I would right now. Anyway, so check out and learn about Heilkunst medicine in this episode. Hello, Allison. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, Jill, it's such
1: a pleasure to meet you. I'm looking forward to this so much.
0: Yes, me too, because we've already had a very juicy conversation even before we started. <laughs> so it's been great. So I wanted to I want to hear about your story, but first I wanted to hear about your your work. And you are a practitioner of Heilkunst Medicine. Yeah. Well doctor. Said. Boy, you nailed that. <laughs> okay, well, good. I'm, I'm, glad. Glad. I'm glad. So tell us what that is, because I think most people won't know. I, I didn't know about it until I read about you, what your work yes. is. And I started in the
1: field 20 years ago, actually. And I'll just define what that crazy German word means and and also why we kept it. So Heil means whole art and science. Kunst is healing and curing. And that's the direct translation from the original German. I was never really interested in holistic medicine at all. I was a financial advisor for the federal government in Canada, so it never actually occurred to me that this would be something that I would end up being a practitioner or a doctor of. I had a little boy, two months premature, and uh, we delayed his 12-month vaccine. As you know, the MMR can be a bit spicy. I didn't know that, but the doctor suggested delaying it to 15 months. Mm -hmm. About three weeks later, he stopped making eye contact, he stopped speaking, and it was actually quite devastating in addition to that, that he actually stopped passing stool except for once every 12, sorry, every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And so I was absolutely terrified. And I felt that there was something I had done that caused this. And as his mother, as you know, As a mother, as well, that we can't stop until we figure out what the underlying cause is or was, and we must resolve it. I mean, we can't live with that level of guilt because we already come downloaded, preloaded for guilt anyway. (laughs) 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 So it was taking Jordan through this sequential approach, and believe me, it's not where I thought I would land. You know, with him, I went to see homeopaths, chiropractors, energy workers, behavioral uh, scientists, people who worked on cognitive issues. Back then they didn't use the term autism. We're talking twenty-eight years ago. Like I'm mm-hmm. this is a long time ago since Jordan was born. And so the feeling was when I came to this system of medicine because three women in one week said, You really need to try Heilkunst, this couple mm-hmm. near where we live is actually getting great success with it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. What's another, you know, $2,000? We've already thrown a million dollars at this issue with him. And by that time, he was about five. And, you know, we were getting complaints from teachers who were trying to, you know, educate him, ADD, ADHD, all kinds of labels they kept putting on him. And then finally, he was dubbed with the autism. And mm-hmm. I hadn't a clue what that that was. And so I took Jordan to see the spores uh, the Dutch last name, at the Hahnemann College for Heilkunst. And within about three, four months, he started making eye contact and speaking again. And he gained 12 pounds and two and a half shoe sizes in the first year of treatment wow. and I was shocked and thought it was yes. a one-off. But as a contractor with the feds, they asked actually asked me between contracts if I would come and do some work for them and set up the international school. And I said, sure, I could do that in my my sleep. And so I did. And then they said, well, you know, you get a substantial amount of money off if you come and study. And I thought, mm. all right, well, we'll see what happened to Jordan and and figure it out. And five, six years later, (laughs) I was going through clinical and seeing cures with people with fourth stage cancer and other kids with autism resolving. And I'm just like, what the hell is this? Because even when I was studying, it never occurred to me that this could be consistent with principles and realizable, you know, repeatable results. It blew my mind and still does uh, 21 years later and so wow that's a bit bit about my story
0: yeah wow that's incredible so he was 15 months old that's correct. when he got that when that we vaccine. delayed and, that that shot mm-hmm. okay and then so he was five you had done all these treatments saw maybe little bits of success or whatever but then it was really this Heilkunst therapy or medicine that that helped you so what now that you've been, you are a, a doctor of Heilkunst. <laughs> Tell us what it means exactly. I mean, how does it yeah. differ from, let's say, if you go to a, a, a homeopathic doctor or a regular Western medical doctor? Well said. And so, that great question, I'm
1: so happy to answer because not a lot of people uh, ask me regularly. And what mm-hmm. it means, in essence, is that it's a whole dynamic system with three full jurisdictions. And the first jurisdiction looks like you're in the office of a natural path. And so mm-hmm. we go through diet, exercise of four cardinal points, sleep, water intake, we get into supplements, we find out what your blood type is so that we base your diet on typology. And we have about 30 years of live blood analysis backing up what Dr. D'Adamo and his father's research confirmed in eat right for your blood type. And then we get into Exercise for your typology. Most people don't know a blood type shouldn't be doing cardio. It's too hard. They'll blow their adrenals, for example. And then the second jurisdiction is medicine proper. And this is where we take a person like an onion and we strip, peel the onion in the order in which you have assumed trauma right back to birth. Mm -hmm. This gets you back to factory settings. So a lot of people don't know that the most recent event they had with last year's cold or flu where they took antibiotics is actually sitting on top of an event where their grandfather died two years ago. And we can't actually get to that grief proper until we follow the law of succession of forces, which just is a fancy term saying you got to do things in order, or you're not going to get the full Monty of the resolution. That you expect. And so, most physicians, holistic or allopathic, you go to them, they're all about shutting down the symptoms in the present, right? But if you don't treat the anchors or the roots in the proper order, things are still going to flare. They're still sitting in the somatic layer. You know, you're going to have things spawn. After we clear the whole timeline, we get into the eight genetic miasms. And the eight genetic miasms are your predisposition for chronic disease. So we peel off, starting with sora, for skin, and we go right down. Malaria, tuberculinum, ringworm. Then we get into metarinum, which is the root cause of all organ diseases. Cancer is next. And then syphilis, so glamorous, these terms we use which is the predisposition to alcoholism, schizophrenia, a lot of terrors. They can't sleep from midnight to 6 a.m. So heavy-duty, deep pathology, fears, terrors associated with that particular genetic miasm, and then Lyme. You don't actually have to be bit by a tick anymore to actually contract Lyme disease. It's part of the state of mind that we currently are living through right now, which is the modern-day hermit. I wondered before Lyme cropped up how they were going to get us all in our houses where we are living as modern day hermits. You mean COVID? Uh, yeah. So it's actually <laughs> fascinating that the diseases are in order of human evolution. Sora being okay. thousands of years old, you couldn't actually be a high priest or a high priestess if you had skin issues. You were put on an island and labeled with, you know, leprosy. Oh. So this disease lasted a couple thousand years. But as evolution has sped up, these genetic miasms have been lasting a shorter and shorter period of time. If you think about it, naturally, we actually have left the matrix of a lot of biological diseases um, of a viral or biological origin, and bacterial origin. So oh. you don't hear a lot of natural mumps or measles anymore, or even chickenpox. Certainly, you don't hear about cholera or scarlet fever, which is what Dr. Samuel Hahnemann, the founder of Heilkunst, had actually treated for many years, uh, effectively using homeopathic principles. And so that's kind of what we did. We went back into Dr. Samuel Hahnemann's original works and found there's this whole blueprint for cure that's not been used for a couple of hundred years and we kind of booted up his system in its true sense. And that's what we
0: practice today. So uh, I have a question. So when you say peeling away the layers like these genetic myasms, did I say that you're correctly? Good. Yeah. uh though You're treating it with homeopathy?
1: We're using homeopathic principles. You're right. Homeopathy is not a system. It's a principle. It literally okay. means from the Greek similar suffering. Allopathy was coined also by Dr. Samuel Hahnemann which means other suffering. And all he meant by that is that you have the original disease but now you have a secondary disease that is from an other source. So for example, if somebody has I don't know, uh bursitis and you give them a cortisone shot in their elbow because they have tennis elbow. Now you have two diseases. The original bursitis, even though the symptoms have been palliated and have seemingly disappeared, doesn't mean that original bursitis disease is gone. It's still there, right? And it will come back after the cortisone shot wears off, right? Right. But if you come to see me and you've had that bursitis and then the cortisone shot, I actually have to treat it as two diseases. I have to peel off the layer first of that cortisone shot, right? Based on the law of nature, like cures like. And then I have to figure out where the bursitis is coming from. Is it the genetic metarhinum coming down your family line that is the root cause for right-sided Uh, issues that have a lot of inflammation
0: okay wow okay so i think i'm understanding it It makes a lot of sense it's it's sort of almost like common sense to me (laughs) like (laughs) i know that's that's very controversial to uh relate common sense to anything that's not western model of medicine you know this allopathic model so it's making a lot of sense to me Mm. if you lived in germany Yeah. Would you be able to find a lot more uh, practitioners? Do people meld it in with medical, you know, like the Western medical system as well? Or because I'm I'm asking because my sister lived in Germany for a very long time. Yeah. She has now uh, retired to Turkey. Uh, (laughs) Kind of like you in Mexico, I guess. I think we should go and visit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going this summer. Good for you. You know, her doctor is funny. His his name was Dr. Sugar. Yeah. and he, yeah he was he was the best doctor in the world because he was not medicine first you know he took a very holistic approach and so sometimes he would recommend herbs and sometimes it was you know homeopathic treatments and sometimes it was don't do anything, just go home and take a nap, you know, it was like, totally not what you expect from a typical doctor. Uh, so I'm just wondering, in Germany, I felt like it was much more integrated, these these different modalities that that in an in American setting are separated. You know, you're either a medical doctor or you're something else. <laughs> yeah, well said, <laughs> very well said. And you're right, you're going to find that
1: in Europe, because that's really where the mother of uh, the tenants of homeopathy started there are over 90 million users of homeopathic principles in the world Mm. right and so their their philosophy is much more integrated uh, as a whole for sure same in britain same in india right Mm -hmm. because these are areas of the world where homeopathy really took off and we realize that yes you can get a certain really percentage of efficacy with homeopathy but homeopathy again is is not a system it's a mm-hmm. principle and so heilkunst is the full overarching system of medicine that enables you to actually have not a point and shoot at symptoms but to able to very logically and rationally Resolve the underlying cause using a process. And so we get up more of a level of cure into the high 90s consistently. And I'm not just talking out, me, Heine. We actually have pages and pages of testimonials on our website that speak to this, Mm -hmm. that we consistently resolve kids that have spectrum issues, you know, people that suffer cancer, no matter you know, what uh, degree they have. The harder diseases are things like HIV or, you know, flesh eating disease. This is what we call pleomorphism stage three, where the body's actually starting to break down and consume itself, uh, which is a horrible thing. Would autoimmune be included in that? Yeah, it can be. Yeah, it can be, depending on how protracted The autoimmune disease is how long a person's had it, how hard hit, what's their microbiome state, so their capacity Mm -hmm. to actually use their own generative power to resolve it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do they have C. difficile? Do they need the microbiome injections of healthy Mm -hmm. stool? I mean, these are all considerations in very Mm -hmm. protracted or very difficult cases.
0: Yeah, wow, it's well it sounds very holistic. Yeah. Extremely. I mean that's the word that's coming to mind to me. Um, do you use medications? Give me an example
1: of what you mean by medications.
0: Like let's say somebody has a bacterial infection. Would you prescribe an antibiotic? Oh, Maybe I think that's a really tough do one. Do better. <laughs> <laughs> so anti antibiotic
1: means against life. Yeah. I can actually target We use something called a core bioresonance feedback system. And I can actually, even from afar, do a full diagnosis of the actual origin of the bacteria the person's suffering with. And I can target it on the law of nature like cures like. Hmm. Sounds crazy, but we are actually in Star Trek medicine now. (laughs) And the cool thing is that if you target the actual bacteria or viral agent then you can cure it on the law of cure-like cures-like. You're not messing around with just killing life because we all know from antibiotics or against life, yes, super helpful in an emergency. But over long term, if bacteria is of different origins, especially pleomorphism stage two or three, what you do is you actually destroy the microbiome and then you're taking out the natural arsenal of natural immunity within that human being, and you're causing uh, a ton of harm uh, overall. So the idea being target exactly the bacteria or the virus, and then get the arsenal working, get the microbiome with lots of fermented foods and probiotics and, you know, make it happen so that they you get um, partnered with the person's life force to actually combat what's on mm-hmm. board and then figure out why it happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that totally speaks to me. I mean, as a nutritionist, that's our work, we, we can't prescribe medications, so <laughs> we don't, <laughs> Yeah. but I mean, you know, people aren't coming to me with bacterial infections. Let's face it. You know, it's a, it's a different thing, but I wish that I had found you my daughter, uh, my older daughter who's now 20, almost 21. She had, Uh, some kind of something poking her immune system and she was diagnosed with Lyme and she went on antibiotics for 10 months. And I have to say this protocol makes me
1: crazy. Uh, And when I hear that, it makes me crazy. And you know, just naturally as her mom, it doesn't make any sense.
0: No, no. And it, and it definitely, we, I think we still see the after effects of it to this day. Totally. At the time I wasn't a nutritionist yet. And I mean, even if I was, I don't know what I would have done differently. I've met a lot of people like you (laughs) since then, but I mean, I just didn't know what to do. She was just sick, you know, and I questioned, I mean, this is a child who had never had any medications her, her entire life. She was 10 you know, I'm definitely a very natural approach. So anyway, I mean, it is what it is right now, but it's, it's wonderful to know that there are options out there for people because there are a lot of people who are questioning this system. I mean, obviously you know that, but you know, the idea that there's only one way to do these things and that is to, you know, go in and like you said, kill and destroy, which is basically how medications work, right? Right. Slash and burn. Um, Slash and burn. It's amazing training and, and the work that you do sounds amazing. Thank you. The
1: other aspect, if you had come to me with her when she was 10 years of age, I would have targeted the actual Lyme uh, with the mm-hmm. no-sode. That's the term we use for the exact replica of that particular disease matrix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's also an emotional aspect. And that part we can we actually can elucidate on and tell you exactly you know, why. That particular state of mind erupted. What conditions mm-hmm. were created that created the, the circumstances ripe for that particular mm-hmm. engenderment, uh, like a pregnancy of right. disease, to engender her life force? Yeah. And so, by resolving that, we do it in a very kind of dynamic way. You're so right. Is we treat, yes, in a dropper bottle for organ detox, drainage, and organ support we actually would target that particular disease matrix as we're taking her through the timeline. Then we get to that genetic miasm on the bunny trail naturally after clearing the other ones that preceded. And by resolving the underlying cause, then you eradicate that disease matrix so that there are no issues with kidneys later on, which is very common. A lot of people don't know A lot of people with Lyme's actually don't just have issues that look like autoimmune, but if you throw antibiotics at it for long periods of time, you end up destroying their microbiome and their immune function so that when other stuff comes on board, it kind of creates a cascade of a compromised immune system. And this is the thing that people don't realize often about Lyme's, especially if you're actually being treated by... or holistic practitioners is that you have to go after it dynamically and also suss out the root cause of the mental emotional aspect of it yeah and it's still sleeping there that's the thing I always caution people to say if you haven't treated it sequentially on the basis of law that little bugger is still in there waiting for an opportunity the same as we know that cancer will bypass a so-called a generation. Oh, she didn't get breast cancer, but her mom and grandmother had it. Oh, mm-hmm. she must be fine. Well, just because you don't pop the symptoms up, maybe she had a life full of maids and cooks and you know painted watercolors all day and never had an opportunity to have enough stress in her life to spawn. Mm-hmm. But, but that disease matrix will get passed on down to her daughter.
0: Right? Wow. Wow, that's intense. It is intense. Well said. I mean, I I it make it all makes sense to me. Unfortunately, the way the perspective that you're talking about is not incorporated into any of our medical systems. And it's and it not only is it not incorporated, but it's made, it's vilified. And I think it's just because, you know, I, I go back to um how up until not that long ago, I think a couple hundred years ago, at least in the Western world. Uh, babies were born with midwives yes. and there was a, the, there was a process, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't an illness. It was a natural yeah. happening in life <laughs> and midwives knew that. And then, you know, the Western medical system said, no, 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 you know, we're going to, we're going to manage this situation. And we all know the horrors that women have gone through in the past, you know, couple of hundred years in Western society to go through birth. So um and now it's like, oh, midwives, oh they're they're quacks, you know. And it's like, no, no. Actually both of my children were born at home. I'm very oh, proud to awesome. say with midwives. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. But I like and I also like the fact that you're talking about the the emotional aspect of it because I I do see that and I believe that 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 is very much I hate to use the word believe because I think it's just it's not a belief it's a it's a so, again something that's manifesting
1: right so. yeah it's it's time yeah that we all we women burned at the stake have all come back now <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> I like that, you know. And, and that's the thing,
1: yeah. Nobody's safe anymore because us women, you know, we're at large and yeah, we remember <laughs> why we're here. And
0: yeah, we, we've got a oh. bounty,
1: we're bounty hunters, we're going after root causes of disease and we are resolving issues. Um, you know, and and this time, no stake is going wow. to be placed in the ground. We are going to land this, and it's time. And, and I love that you say that. A lot of my colleagues and friends, in fact, we have a a wonderful wild women's summit here in Mexico at the hot springs that we were talking about earlier, here in mm-hmm. April, with a whole slew of birth workers from Canada and the U.S. And so while wow. well, we even gather together. It's a, an amazing thing. And so, yeah, I've written a book on meditations for natural birthers and birth workers uh, as well, just because, uh, like you, I just recognize the importance that the business of being born is a great documentary that talks about the high, high percentage of infant mortality in hospitals. And that's the thing. Kittens or cats go off into a corner of a barn. You can't find them until you hear the mewlings of baby kittens. And yeah. that's the thing is we're no different. We don't want bright lights and people poking around right. in our genitals. We don't want rapey, rape-y births anymore. You know, yeah. Leave a woman be and allow her to actually go into her private space in her mind and birth that baby from places that she never knew she was that powerful.
0: Yeah, I definitely relate to that. I I, I remember after having my first child... Going home because she was born in Tokyo, actually, hey. and we went to the um, midwife's house. And so the house is a couple of midwives live there, and then the women come and they give birth and they stay there for a week. So oh. they're cared for by the midwives. And so, it's oh like that sounds like heaven to most North American women, <laughs> doesn't it? I know exactly. They, you see them like the midwives walking around the the place, and they they have a usually they'll have a baby that they're carrying so that, you know, the mom can rest. And so they just carry the baby while they're washing the dishes or cooking dinner or whatever it is that they're doing, the laundry. It was an incredible place. But I went home the next morning. My mother was there and I just wanted to go home. But um, I remember going home and thinking, I wouldn't have been able to do that in a hospital. Mm. I would not have been able to give birth. And I mean, obviously I would have if I had to, but (laughs) I just thought it would have been very very challenging not and it was challenging as it was in the uh, <laughs> in the midwife's yeah. house
1: well and you said it so beautifully Jill a few minutes ago you said you know birth really doesn't qualify as an illness right you know but the moment you cross the threshold you're put in a wheelchair and you know get a gown yeah. on and lay on your back i mean these Ugh. practices are so backwards and antithetical to a successful birth. So no wonder the C-section rate is so high. Did you know this is so interesting? A midwife from Missouri, Sister Morningstar, once told us um, when she came up to teach in Canada that if you have five generations of C-sections, the fifth woman won't produce the oxytocin to start a natural birth. Oh, wow.
0: That's epigenetics.
1: Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. And I do want to say like. I don't want anybody who's listening to feel like you made the wrong choice or feel guilt for any of this. I I know like, gosh, if I could go back in time and and not give my daughter all those antibiotics, I would. But I also am not here to feel that guilt, you know, about that. And I don't want anybody listening to feel guilt or, you know, it's, it's all part of the journey. Exactly. I mean, my
1: son Jordan was a C-section baby. He was an emergency C-section with a heart rate up to 200 beats per minute. He was on antibiotics two full winters. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I think part of his pathology was because I just didn't know. And so I (laughs) felt incredibly guilty. You know, my daughter Addie was born four years later, not one antibiotic the whole of her 25 years you know, ever. Uh, No cough syrup, nothing. Because I figured out with her from the guilt and shame that I had felt about Jordan's birth. And I just didn't know. I I was totally innocent. I just assumed that the allopathic system was going to, you know, take over and do what they're contracted to do to give me, you know, a healthy babe. And sadly, things didn't turn out in, in his favor. And so that's where all my learning came from. But I certainly Mm -hmm. didn't moralize, and I still don't, on whoever has trauma in their past. As a trauma therapist, you know, I realized we're trauma bonded to these systems historically because we just don't have the education. We're not taught this in school unless you figure it out for yourself. You don't have the resources to to know. But we have them now. And that's what I said, you know, we've come back from you know, being burned at the stake and we're educating each other lovingly and holding, you know, other women through the process of their remediation
0: to their full factory settings of health. And that's, you know, that's why I started this podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to empower women in their health, whatever that means for each individual. So, you know, not every podcast episode is right for everybody, but I'm hoping that even just to hear like our last interview, you met Louisa, we talked about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody would listen to the podcast and go, Oh, maybe I, maybe I want to do that. That would be to me the fulfilling the purpose of this podcast. And, and really that empowerment is, you know, knowledge is such a huge part of it. Like you said, I mean, if you simply don't know, then how can you do anything different, you know? So I'm I'm so happy that you came today to speak with me about this because I had I was unfamiliar familiar with uh Heilkunst medicine. And I think most listeners will be, but not anymore. (laughs) We know about it now. And it's funny because people, you know, I'll meet
1: them in coffee shops or they'll say, oh, I read one of your books. And, you know, 25 years later, after, you know, studying and practicing the system of medicine, people will say to me, so are you doing that like one remedy thing? Or are you doing where you do the sequential approach? You know, it's starting to come. Even people, you know, Mm -hmm. in a Starbucks in Canada ask me Uh questions like that, which I thought was hilarious. And just a Uh sign that we are planting seeds, you know, just as quickly as we can get the watering can out in good soil and sunlight. So I really appreciate you inviting me on your show. Just to, you know, stick another seed in the ground and, and exactly. just keep watering.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Oh, thank you so much, Alison. I could talk to you for another couple of hours, but I think that we will. <laughs> and there, and maybe you can come back on again. I can tell us more about your books. With (laughs) pleasure, Jill. With pleasure. And thank you so much for this opportunity today.
1: Stay warm up there in New York State. And uh, yeah, I'll send you some warm
0: air from Mexico. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to that episode with Allison McQuinn. Wasn't that fascinating? Oh my gosh, there are so many different tangents I could go off on this topic. But again, Allison McQuinn is a practitioner of the Heilkunst medicine, uh, which includes all kinds of interesting things that you heard about in the podcast episode. I think that if you're interested, you could definitely check out her website. Uh, she works with her husband. And it's called Arcanum.ca. That's dot CA for Canada. And uh, they do work internationally. Well, I will put that link in the show notes. And also, Allison has written many, many books on all kinds of different topics relating to health. So we're going to put a link to her page in, in Amazon so you can check that out. And there is a link that I'll put in there as well to a free download of her book called The Path to Cure, The Whole Art of Healing Autism. So you can check that out if you're interested in that topic. That is a free download that she has given uh, to the world because she healed her son or her son was healed of autism. And also, I invite you to check out our website, which is winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N for with your nature, weightloss.com. And you can check out what we're all about, our programs, and also our blog, which has lots of really juicy articles for you to feel empowered by and, and, you know, learn and get inspired. Thank you for listening.